Good morning, and we are joined on the program once again by State Senator Jean Lysing with her bi-weekly uh, legislative update. Good morning to you, Senator. How are you doing this morning? Great, Tom. Just uh, ready for what will be a very full day uh, because it is the last day for bills that started in the Senate to pass the Senate. Uh, and then next week we start the second half of the process where bills that passed the Senate now have action in the House, and bills that started in the House will see action in the Senate. So it's an interesting time. Indeed. And, of course, uh, one of your uh, bills that uh, you uh, authored, uh, Senate Bill 4, uh, overwhelmingly uh, passed the Senate last week. Yeah, exactly. And that has to do with uh, local county health, public health departments. Uh, it actually passed with a vote of 41 to 7. Um, and this bill, it has changed a lot during the process of both um, going through the Health Committee, the Appropriations Committee, and then second reading. Um, but what it's going to do, if it stays in this current form, it will allow a county that wants to participate to apply for um, funding. It's like a grant process. And... Uh, It'll be based on population, but the smallest of counties would receive a minimum grant of at least $350,000 um, to sort of uh, beef up their um, county health department services. And so, and there's a list of the county health department services that, um, that are included, um, all of which I think are currently um, available, uh, but perhaps maybe this will give some counties that have had um, more of a time struggling with staffing, et cetera, to, um, to do a, um, a more thorough job. So, I mean, one of the things I'm certainly interested in is making sure that our kids um, are getting their children's vaccines, nothing to do with COVID, but their children's vaccines, because we know that with COVID, that has really dropped off. And uh, I'm fearful that we're going to see outbreaks of things like measles, mumps, and chickenpox that had all but disappeared. So anyway, so uh, that that is certainly one that uh, I'm happy to see moving. And uh, I don't think anybody should be afraid of it. I think some people were afraid of it initially because of the fact that they were thinking, oh, geez, what's it going to do? Is it going to bring COVID regulations back? And it's not. It's it's not at all about that. Um, another bill that today is going to be uh, probably very interesting and catch a lot of debate uh, is Senate Bill 12. And I am not on this bill, but I support it. Um, and that is making sure that there's no uh, obscene uh, material in school libraries. And I know that sounds so crazy that why would we have to worry about that? But we have some pretty factual information that some school libraries uh, for K-12 have in fact stocked um, books that most parents would seem to think were inappropriate for kids, especially, I'm going to say, the younger age kids. And um, so that bill, um, I yesterday, uh, there were amendments filed on it, but it, they were not called. So it's as it passed out of the 
committee, the Judiciary Committee. So we'll be interested in seeing how that turns out. And what it basically does is it gives parents a better um, opportunity to file a complaint with the school uh, if, in fact, they find um, a book that their student brings home that is what they would consider obscene. Um, But we're not trying to do away with factual health-based information. And so, you know, it, it becomes a tricky thing. So... So I'm hoping we are going to get this right as the bill moves on. Um, and a bill that I'm very interested in uh, that's on the calendar for today is Senate Bill 9, and I am the first author of that bill. And that one has to do with our electric generation, about making sure that we have enough reliable electric generation in our state so that we don't have to deal with brownouts and blackouts like uh, the state of California has. And so uh, my bill basically says that before a utility can close down, for instance, a coal or gas-fired generating plant uh, for maybe a more green option, they have to have um, an approval. Uh, actually, it would be like a investigation and uh, by the IURC, the Indiana Utility Regulatory Commission, to make sure that, in fact, we, um, th- that that plant really needs to be closed down early, for instance, and that we have energy uh, ready to come up to replace that electrical generation because it seems like there's been too much movement too quickly in regard to um, maybe going renewable. It's not that we're against renewables, but we have to get the right mix so that we have that reliability and dependability. And then it also um, would make it illegal for a utility to take what they call accelerated depreciation of their facility uh, unless there is some uh, crazy situation where a facility has had a fire or uh, damage from a, a tornado or earthquake or something. So anyway, so I'm anxious to see how that moves. Then I also have my famous old issue that I have dealt with for years, trying to still get something to move on cursive writing, and that is Senate Bill 72, and it's on the calendar today for a final vote. But it's not going to mandate yet that every school teach cursive writing again. What it does is it requires the Department of Ed to actually um, survey all public and private accredited schools to see whether or not they are currently teaching cursive, yes or no, and if they are teaching it in what grade level. Because we understand that there's pretty much a huge disparity between um, public and private schools. Most private schools are still teaching cursive, and uh, many public schools are not since it became optional. And so what has happened is kids that are not being taught cursive can't read cursive, and it's now impacting them in the workplace um, because this has been going on now for 10 or 12 years. So um, there's, I, there was strong support for my bill in the, in the Senate. So we'll see uh, what happens in the House. Why do you think it is that the, this bill has uh, had so much trouble over the years uh, to um, uh, become, uh, you know, at least get to the governor's desk? 
Well, I, it, you know, it's a great question, but there's, there are a couple folks in the House on the Education Committee there that just think it's unnecessary for a student to be taught cursive. And I'm hoping that this bill that I have this year will actually make them realize uh, when we get the results that we're creating a huge disparity for kids uh, depending on what school they attend. And, I mean, literally, I had a, a, an attorney here at the State House uh, that is a professional lobbyist, I guess you would say, um, tell me that he won't even hire anyone now at his firm until he asks them if they can read cursive, okay, because it has become that big of an issue. And see, in those, some of those kids, the interns would probably be there in a law firm, would probably be at least 18. So, you know, but it, it, it goes back to the days when Superintendent uh, Tony Bennett was in place here at the State House, um, and apparently he didn't think it was necessary. And so, but we are now seeing the negative ramifications of, of what happens. Oh, and then on top of it, the kids have no signatures. They, they literally have to print their, their signatures. So anyway, it's kind of a, an interesting problem that it sounds like, was well, this a big deal? Yeah, it's kind of a big deal if it's going to keep a kiddo from getting a, a, a job, you know, as an intern or even beyond that. And we will go ahead and take a time out here as we continue our conversation with State Senator Gene Lysing right after this. Don't adjust your radio. The sound that you hear is your stomach. You're having trouble focusing. You can't recall your last meal. You're trapped in the hunger zone. The solution, Batesville to go. Let To Go deliver a hot, fresh meal to your home or office whenever hunger strikes. To Go delivers the best food from local restaurants. Visit us online at togodelivers.com or call us at 812-727-8800. Batesville To Go, big city convenience, small town taste. And welcome back as we continue our biweekly visit with State Senator Gene Lysing. And uh, what are some other bills that... uh, will uh, garner a lot of attention as uh, the uh, first half of the session winds down. Another big bill that's on the calendar for today is Senate Bill 480. And this is this bill, I expect there'll be a lot of debate also. And that has to do with the whole issue of gender transition. And people might say, seriously, you got to deal with that too at the legislature? But our very own Riley Hospital, Children's Hospital in Indianapolis, currently is doing um, hormone therapy and what's called puberty blockers for kids that decide that if they're a girl and they want to be a boy, if it's a boy, if they want to be a girl, and they're doing it under the age of 18. And we really feel that these are life-altering decisions that are made. Some of them cannot easily be reversed. Some of the, we had testimony for about three hours or so on this bill last week. And I mean, we had people come in that had started into this therapy. And then maybe by the time they're 16 or 17, they change their mind and don't want to reverse. And, you know, they end up with a a girl might have a very deep voice. Uh, A boy might, uh, because of the puberty blockers and hormone therapy might not have developed a masculine structure, so they might be very small build. And so it has life-altering uh, uh, 
impacts seriously. And at Riley, they say they are not currently doing the transition surgery, but there are many hospitals in the U.S. that will. And we actually heard from people last week that had gone out of state to have the life-altering surgery, uh, some of which was total failures. But, you know, this is the kind of stuff that you go, seriously, this sounds like it couldn't be the United States where this would be happening, where kids under the age of 18 could have uh, this kind of a decision. It won't stop those over 18 if the bill passes, but only those under the age of 18 so that they can't make a decision that they'll have to live with for the rest of their life. And uh, they know that there's a huge um, psychological um, association uh, with this whole issue of gender transition, uh, both for people that have had the therapy and for those people that haven't. So there's a high incidence of suicide and uh, just almost everybody that testified spoke about their mental health issues. So uh, it's my understanding that uh, the mental health services that are available for kids will still continue, um, but they just won't be able to start any kind of drug therapy. So there are lots of other issues. There's issues dealing with hospital costs again. There's a bill that I don't care for at all that I think isn't well put together, but it's going to be voted on today. Um, and it's in regard to how a hospital can charge, for instance, for the use of an operating room uh, versus what they can charge for the use of a um, just an office that might be located in, within a hospital where a doctor sees a patient for, you know, just a a physical exam, for instance. So, so anyway, I assume that this bill may move. I won't be supporting it because I think it has some serious issues within the bill. But we are trying collectively to address the runaway cost of health care, but it's a very complicated issue. And I think we also have to draw more into it um, insurance. Um, it's not just hospitals. Um, that, have, that it's also the way the insurance companies uh, are, are providing coverage. So, so I don't know how we're going to get to a resolve on this issue, but I know that I think seriously the leadership of the legislature is hoping that the Hospital Association will be able to um, actually come to an agreement on some things that they could do voluntarily. So, so we'll see, you know. Yeah, it sounds like you have uh, the legislature has a lot on their plate, obviously. Uh, you talked about this one of the busy days and then uh, uh, moving into uh, the second half of the legislative session. And then um, if uh, if bills uh, do not uh, jive or match up from one uh, chamber to the other, then you're going through the, uh, the fun of the uh, conference That's committee. That's right. Yeah. And that is exactly right. And a lot of people aren't familiar with that process. But let me just uh, tell you briefly how that works so that if a bill was dramatically changed uh, in the second house, so if um, one of my Senate bills gets changed dramatically in the House, then it will come back to me and either I can file what's called a concurrence or I can dissent. And what if I file a concurrence, then we vote one more time and say, hey, it's okay, they changed it, but we still like the bill. 
if we follow the Senate, then the uh, leadership of the Senate and House each have to appoint two senators and two representatives, one from each party. So you have two Republicans and two Democrats. And they have those four individuals have to try to work out the differences in that bill. And sometimes they're able to do that, and sometimes they are not. And if they are not, then that bill, after all that time, actually dies and does not go to the governor. So it's, a, it's not as simple to get legislation passed as what people think. But maybe that's a good thing because maybe, Tom, we would have too many laws on the books if it was an easy task, right? Indeed, indeed. So, uh, and uh, Senator Gene Lysing, how can uh, people get a hold of you uh, during the session? During the session, the best way is to call our uh, 800 number and ask for my legislative assistant. And that number is 1-800-382-9467. We do have, of course, the emails, but sometimes on certain bills we'll get such a large volume of emails. I I worry that I'm not going to see... Uh, what individuals think about other issues. So, um, you know, if it's something really important to you, give us a call, okay? All right, sounds good. Well, uh, State Senator Gene Lysing, as always, we appreciate your time. Stay well, and uh, we will uh, talk to you again in two weeks. Hey, thank you, Tom.